Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we're joined again by President, Co-Founder, and CEO of The Receptionist, Andy Alsop. Andy wants our company to be a place where people want to work, ideally forever. Today, we talk about perks and benefits, how we've kept those aligned with our culture and values, and how those benefits and perks have changed and evolved over the years since Andy bought the company in 2015. Andy shares his thoughts on the importance of these perks the minimum that you'll want to offer your team members, and he gives great tips and ideas for bootstrapped businesses when it comes to the perks and benefits they offer while keeping in budget. Enjoy the episode. Andy, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. I'm really excited as well. This is an important one for me. I know. It's important and it's fun. I love when we get to do the the fun topics. So you've always said that you wanted to create a company where people really desire to work there and that once they're there, they never want to leave, which I think is um, admirable. It's lofty. And that's the kind of place that people want to work. So how do your values and culture create this type of workplace? Well, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the the, uh, core values that we operate under in in past episodes. I actually, and I've said, stated this before, I'm kind of a, a convert to core values and really understanding what those are. Previously in my entrepreneurial pursuits, I always thought that core values were a bunch of fluff and that they really didn't have a lot of importance and it was just about how the company was run. But after we went through the traction process and the entrepreneurial operating system, Gino Whitman, uh, one of the most important and the first step in that whole traction process is to determine what are your core values. And so as we started to put those into place, it became clear the importance of them because what it means is that you are stating to the world, whether it's your customers, uh, you know, advisors, uh, investors, which we only have a couple of, uh, and employees, what is really important to you. And by putting those out, that gives the candidate the opportunity to say, am I aligned with this company? And what it has done for us is been able to allow us to really put out those those values. And then as we go through the interview process, as we're going through the initial process of getting to know a candidate, we're able to say, this: these are our core values. And they're then able to ask us, what is it that uh, you do to live your core values? And instead of just asking the CEO, uh, which they might think, great, the CEO is going to tell me exactly what I want to hear. They're actually asking other employees, is this real? Do you guys actually live this? And that's what, 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 they, what they hear. They hear it from the employees that, yes, we actually do live our core values. So I think it's been a critical juncture in when we adopted that, which was at the very beginning of 2018. Um, we adopted these core values. And since we adopted the core values and also we engaged with Scalability Solutions and Lila Browner, who we've also had on a previous podcast, those two things put together have meant that the last, I believe it is 10 people we have hired 
all of whom are extraordinarily happy with the com- being at the company, and all of them have stayed with the company. We have a 100% retention rate since that happened. And retention is so important. And I would say just going even a little bit further, because we have people that are so well aligned with our core values, it means that we have very, very minimal personnel issues. And I kind of think that's important to state because as an entrepreneur, as I've had to deal with in the past, when you have personnel issues, you are soaking up time because you might have to exit an employee. That's somebody who you've put a tremendous amount of effort into training. Now you've got to bring another employee in. The employees might not be happy with the employee that had to leave. So I I just can't speak enough about how important our core values are to being able to further this kind of goal I have, which is that I want people to want to work here. And once they're here, I want them to feel like this is the job for me and I have no desire to leave. Absolutely. And you really, as you said, you've worked hard to create this culture that that people feel like, is this real? And then they get here and they realize it is. And they are not only so excited to step into the team, but they're so excited to be here once they are here. But I think what we see oftentimes is companies, especially in the tech space, try to tackle keeping their people happy by throwing perks and benefits at their employees. And that is important, but that's not company culture. So what sort of perks and freebies have you seen or experienced outside of the receptionist that maybe people are using to try and keep their people happy and retain them as employees? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of the same uh, perks and benefits that we offer as well. And just a a quick note on perks and benefits. It's an important part, uh, I think, at the beginning of the process, because just like when you are maybe selecting a company you want to work with, you do a lot of research on that company to determine, is that a company I want to do business with? And what the perks and benefits do is to say, okay, the receptionist that I know almost nothing about is on par with the other companies that I'm looking looking at. And in many cases, head and shoulders above the other companies that I'm looking at. Now I want to go ahead and apply for that position. And I think that's the real uh, key. In terms of other perks and benefits that I've seen at other companies, I've seen some really cool things that maybe we'll implement it in the future. On-site child care, you know, lots of different events and things like that. But the one thing is that it doesn't matter how many perks and benefits you offer, whether you're at another company or not, if you live your core values and you know, employees feel like they're valued for what they do and they have the opportunity to provide input, the perks and benefits are kind of like, oh, okay, I like the fact that we go to a baseball game every summer and that we're going to go go-karting, you know, at uh, or, or go-karting or playing top golf or whatever. Those are fun, but that's not what keeps people at the company. It helps because, you know, they're having fun and they're getting to know their coworkers in an environment that's outside of the office, but it's not necessarily the thing that keeps them there. I think it's, uh, Lila may have said this uh, in, in our podcast, which was, employees don't quit companies. Employee quit bad bosses. And so you can't have that culture. You can't throw every, you know, a benefit and perk at them and just hope that they're going to remain there because of that. They want a, they want a quality and uh, working environment that they feel really strongly about, that they align with. So 
Yeah. And you've touched on some of the things that that we do for our team members and that people do really enjoy, but can you share a little bit more maybe about the perks or benefits that we offer and how you initially approached this so that it was in line with our values and it wasn't just let's throw things at people because it sounds good or fun? Yeah. And that's <laughs> that also is a very interesting one because when you're a young startup, I mean, we had uh, one full-time salesperson in you know mid 2015. I bought the company in April of 2015. Uh, it's kind of hard to compete with a lot of the bigger companies because you know what can I offer them? And so what I ended up being able to do was first I engaged with a professional employer organization or PEO, um, and the PEO gives you the opportunity to have one entity, and then that entity. Is all is providing to your employees things like health benefits, dental, vision, uh, 401k, all those things that would be really difficult for me to have been able to provide to our employees in that very early day. So, having been in previous startups and thinking to myself, how is it I'm going to do this? I knew that that was important. At a minimum, people need to know that they have health, dental, and vision. And what I'll say is in the very early days, you are having employees applying to the company, usually for a reason. You know, Delyn Barrier, Director of Engineering, and Jessica Marshall, our Director of Customer Experience, both are my, are my co-founders now. They joined me in the very early days. And those employees, and Jessica and, and uh, Delyn, were not looking for all the perks and benefits. They wanted to join something that they felt like they could grow with over time and talk about growing. They've become now co-founders and they are, uh, you know, part of our leadership team. In fact, that was part of our original leadership team. And they've had that opportunity to influence the company, which is what they wanted. But as you get further down the road and you get bigger, you don't really have to worry as much. Well, I won't say worry as much. You don't have to. You have a different motivation for employees coming to you. You know, they, they're coming to you because they want a stable organization. They want a great place to work. In almost all the cases, they've had an experience in the past that has not been satisfying. And so they have said they're looking for a place that they feel like they can believe in. And when they find that, they feel like this is this is wonderful. Oh, by the way, we also have all the perks and benefits that pretty much everybody else has. Got it. And so we know that the company is growing. You just mentioned that. So have the benefits or the perks and what you offer people, has that changed since the, the beginning? Um, are you able to offer more and how might it change and evolve as the company does continue to grow? Things like yes, time off, vacations. Because mm-hmm. I know at one point there was no real formal policy on that. It was just take what you need and you're going to get your work done. So how have those benefits maybe changed or evolved? You know, we still have the unlimited PTO. Again, if you hire people who are aligned with the values of the company and they feel as though this is the place that I I respect, I am respected, you can have a PTO uh, policy, an unlimited PTO policy, and nobody is going to abuse it. You also find that you don't have to do all sorts of, we really need to clamp down on how much employees are spending. It's kind of the Netflix model. You know, Netflix has always had unlimited PTO. They don't force their employees to file expense reports. And they do that on purpose because they hire the people 
who are aligned with a company. And when you hire people who are aligned with a company and they respect the company, it's actually sometimes where I have to say, you know what, you need to be spending more. You know, they're protecting the company so much, like it's something that they own as well, which is really important. And so as a result of that, you don't really have to enforce a whole bunch of things. Again, that gets back to the personnel issues. If you hire the right people and they're aligned with them. There's something also that I've done, and you know, I've had a lot of people sort of look down on this, saying, you know, I don't know why you do that. I give options to every single employee in the company. And there's a purpose behind that. The purpose is I want everybody to feel that sense of ownership. I want them to be standing beside me saying, I own a little piece of this company and I am going to act like an owner. And you hire against your core values. You give them options. You give them good benefits. You make sure that they're not concerned about trying to make their rent at the end of the month. You make sure that they're in an environment where they, they feel respected and supported. And all of those things mean that the, company, the employee is aligned with what you're trying to do. And then you can focus on execution. You can focus on what strategy are we going to use? How are we going to all be you know, in, in the same boat, rowing in the same direction to use somewhat of a tired analogy? Okay. Even, even the tired analogies still work. They're, they're there for a reason. <laughs> Good. So you touched on this a little bit of, of what you did in the beginning so that you could provide the necessary benefits to your early employees. But if a company is bootstrapped, how can they approach their benefits and their perks in a meaningful way that addresses the budget constraints that they're likely to have as they start on their journey and they want to remain bootstrapped? Yeah, it's an excellent question because you run up against this all the time. I think you have to determine what sort of cash you're going to need to be able to get the company going. And that budgeting process has to include at least a minimum of benefits. If you're going to get somebody, let's say, uh, for instance, even Delin. Uh, Delin came on in September of 2015. And then February of 2016, his oldest son was born. He needed to know he had an insurance plan there. He was willing to um, make other sacrifices to be able to be a part of the company. But at a minimum, he needs to know that he can take care of his family. So you have to budget for that. And again, kind of going back to that earlier point, early employees are not looking for enormous amounts of stability. Uh, they're looking for a place where they can contribute. Um, in both uh, Delin and Jessica's cases, they had been at companies that they really valued in the early days and the, the early kind of startup phase, and they saw some great success from that, and they wanted to repeat that again. They wanted to be part of something like that, so that's what was motivating them. But at the same time, they need to know they can, you know, take their kid to the dentist or that their, you know, wife or husband can go to the dentist or get glasses, or, you know, if something awful happens, they have the health benefits there. So in the beginning, I really offered health, you know, vision and dental were the three main things that, that we offered, in addition to the unlimited uh, vacation policy. And I think that was uh, really good to attract people. We now on our website actually have a PDF download that gives an overview of all of the different perks that we have. And in terms of changing and where we think it's going to go, 
uh, we know we're going to be adding a health and wellness benefit. And there are probably three or four other things that we want to offer as we continue to grow and as the budget allows. Um, we do budgeting at the beginning of every year, and we make sure to budget those things that are necessary for us to be able to increase our benefits over time. So going back to kind of that minimum threshold, it's like you said, families need to know that they can take care of themselves and their family members. Um, when a company grows and they're adding more employees, they're getting a little more stable. Do you think there's sort of a next next level of benefits or, or things that people might want to consider then offering beyond that minimum that you mentioned? I think so. You have to kind of stay on par. Uh, one of the things that is really important is that Again, if, you, if you're an employee, you're saying to yourself, well, this receptionist thing looks pretty good, but what else do the other companies have? And so if you're competing for those employees at that early stage, it's very hard to communicate, hey, we've got the best culture in the world and you should come work for us, even though we may not have the best benefits. So you really do have to stay on par. So as you grow, you're continuing to budget for the benefits that you're going to be adding on to the onto your kind of benefits package. For instance, we ended up adding, I can't remember when it was, it was probably two years in, we added a 401k program. Um, and then we did a 4% matching. So if you put anything up to 4% into your 401k, the company will match it. So it's basically free cash that goes into your retirement account. Um, that was one that took a little budgeting. We needed to make sure that we had the, the resources necessary to be able to support that. But again, it's one more thing that you can offer to your employees uh, that obviously helps to uh, encourages them to stay with you because it's a good benefit. But it also means that you're investing in your employees' retirement. And that also is another thing that employees are concerned about. What happens when I get to retirement? Will I have what I need? So it's those types of things that are really important to think through and make sure that you're you know, offering to your employees. Absolutely. And along the way, have you found any low cost perks or benefits that you've been able to offer to our team that you feel like, you know, this really was in line with our values, goes a long way, you know, something simple like available snacks in the office. Obviously there's a cost to that, but anything again, for our bootstrap listeners who are wondering, okay, I want to do a little bit more. I don't have a lot of funds, anything small um, budget wise that you feel like went a long way or something you tried and you thought, well, this didn't cost much, but it was terrible. Anything you can offer? <laughs> well, I think one of the things that, well, we do offer um, snacks. And actually, we offered them in the very beginning. I figured, you know, we can order from Amazon and just get pretzels and, you know, everything yeah. that people needed. And we kept it stocked. And as we brought on, you know, somebody who could handle the administrative side, they were stocking everything. And it, it's kind of a funny one because we got to a point where we were saying, okay, you just tell us what kind of snacks you want. And it turned out to be extremely complicated to try to st stock all those snacks because we had, you know, this matrix of all the different things we were keeping and some wasn't going and everything. So we ended up having to kind of pare it down a little bit and say, okay, let's find out what our most popular snacks are. The other thing that we did, I had some trepidation about in the beginning, and that's something called check-in days, which are something that I think are somewhat unique to what we do. When you get to the period of time between Christmas and New Year's, business just slows to a crawl. And so it doesn't make sense to have everybody just kind of sitting around twiddling their thumbs. So 
it was Delenn and Jessica who suggested, why don't we do something around that? So during that period of time, you, each one of the employees is asked to sign up for two check-in shifts. And we have a little spreadsheet that you fill out. And then when you do a check-in, all you're doing is jumping online. And we communicate all this to our customers in advance so they know what to expect. And so far, I haven't done it for, I think, three or four years. We've had no problems with this. We're essentially... Uh, if a customer comes in, they get a little message saying we're offline right now, but somebody is checking in at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And that way, you, your question gets answered. And during that period of time, people usually aren't in a really big rush to get an answer. And luckily, our software works uh, flawlessly, so it's not really anything. It's usually like, oh, my printer stopped working or whatever else it is. So they get an answer, and it means that you really, during that span of time, only have to be available during those check-in days. Now, of course, Jessica and Delenn, for customer experience and for engineering, if something goes wrong, they're always on call, just to be sure. But luckily, we haven't had to bring them out of on-call or out of whatever they're doing. And that's been a big benefit. You know, employees are like, basically, over the next 9, 8, 7, 10, whatever, however many days, my only responsibility is to be sure I do my check-in days. But otherwise, I'm spending time with family. I'm spending time with my kids. You know, I'm spending time visiting, you know, uh, my relatives, whatever else it is. And it gives them that opportunity to kind of unplug in addition to the paid holidays we already have and the unlimited PTO. Um, so it's actually worked out really well. And it's kind of those types of things that an employee feels as though this company really respects who I am. And they respect the time that I can have with family. And then when I come back on January 1st or January 2nd or 3rd, whatever the first day is, everybody's energized to get right back in there again. Sometimes they even say, well, I've had a lot of you know time off during the holidays. I can't wait to get back in again. You know, And some people will use that time to catch up on stuff, but it's really all up to them. So that's a little, it turned out it didn't really cost us anything because you know our customers are still getting supported. We're still making sales. The salespeople just check in a couple times a day and just see how things are going and if that deal closed or whatever. But not much is happening during that time. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a perfect example to end with our listeners that you know you can think outside of the box and provide something that there is just it it feels so great to be able to kind of unplug and turn off for a little bit and know that your company appreciates you, respects you. And just wants you to enjoy your time, but your customers are still taken care of. So I love that final mm-hmm. example of it doesn't always take a lot of money to give a really meaningful perk or benefit to yep. your employees. So thank so you true. so much, Andy. This was fantastic and hopefully lots of good ideas for our listeners. Definitely. Thank you, Sarah. That was so much great information from Andy about how we approach our benefits and the importance of aligning those benefits and perks with our values. If you want to learn more about working here, you can visit our careers page. And if you'd like to learn more about our visitor management system, check us out for two weeks free, no credit card required at thereceptionist.com.